Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Harry Douglas in for key today. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And we've been into Kyler Murray and the new contract, and we're going to get into Kyler Murray and the new contract. But right now we have Carl Ravitch, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball MLB announcer with us, and we are talking Yankees and Mets. Carl, what's going on? Uh, what's going on? I heard there's a Kyler Murray contract out there. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> so, meantime, there wasn't a contract out for Aaron Judge. And, Carl, I said right. in the offseason – And everyone told me I was crazy then, but we have the tape, that Aaron Judge, if he stays healthy, could hit 60-plus home runs. And now he's on pace for 60-plus home runs. He's a legit, great, five-tool player in his prime. Whenever he's been healthy, he's a top-five MVP candidate. And they had no problem going to age 37 with him. So it's not even the length of the deal. It's the average annual that they wouldn't come up on. How big a mistake did the Yankees make in that negotiation, do you think? Maybe a really costly one, obviously. I mean, Aaron Judge has more multi-home run games in the season now than anyone has ever had, including Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. The next time he hits two in a game, he'll set a Yankee record. He's on all the lists with Ruth and Maris and Judge, and he's he's in that class. It's going to be an expensive one. Um, there's two ways to look at this, guys. Uh, a, they have the money, no matter what it is for average annual, no matter what it is for length. I've had a very prominent agent tell me that anytime a team has a player like this, the biggest issue that owners have is average annual value. You know, the next guy that makes 50 million, the next guy that makes 60 is you've raised the bar and that, that becomes, uh, you know, the, the, the level that they need to go over with the next guy. And there's always going to be a next guy, which is why we saw that Soto deal. Look, it's going to be expensive. It's very interesting where Juan Soto is on the market this is very Freddie Freeman-like with Matt Olson. You tell me, uh, as a Yankee fan, are you more interested in Aaron Judge or Juan Soto if, if you could have one or the other? And that, that's the conundrum that players face. There's always another one around the corner. You know what, Carl? There's so many. At- Carl, let me, yep. I, I want to answer that question. Juan Soto, everyone's talking about he's left-handed and he's 23 and he's like, he, they compare him to, to Ted Williams. But the yep. other guys compared to Ted Williams in my lifetime were Albert Pujols and before him, Frank Thomas, whose second half of their careers, because they were guys who played on the corners, not in the middle of the field. They were less athletic in certain ways. Um, the second half of their careers were a shadow, even when they were good, of their first half, right? So when people talk about Soto and what a star he is, I know maybe he is a better hitter than Judge. You could argue this and that. But Aaron Judge, you just mentioned it earlier. There have been, until Mark McGuire got on the juice, Babe Ruth yep. and Mickey Mantle were the two, where the sound was different off the bat, where they represented the home run. They hit more of them. They hit them farther than anyone else. Aaron Judge is in that category. He is the symbol of the home run. He's larger than life. He's Paul Bunyan. He hits them more. He hits them farther like Ruth and Mantle. He's also farm product, 
who carries himself the right way, like Gehrig and Jeter and Mattingly and Munson, right? Like he's the best of all these Yankees traditions. And in the history of that franchise, they've never let a guy like that walk out. They get Babe Ruth. They get Reggie Jackson. They don't let him walk out the door. It would be a catastrophe to let him walk. That, that's my, that's my but, take. But, but here's the I appreciate that. And you'd be, a, you'd be a great agent for him. You, you just, but you did open up a lot of other uh, boxes with what you just said. For, you know, I, I have no issue with Aaron Judge. I, I'd pay him. I think he is the face of baseball. I think he's the face of the Yankees. And you're right. The Yankees have always gotten that guy. It's a different administration, even though the last name is the same with the Yankees. They don't always go after that guy. And Brian Cashman has been very prudent in the way he spends money. Uh, Big guys, as you mentioned, Pujols, Thomas, two of them, uh, they they tend to break down. Now, Aaron Judge has had a bunch of injuries, many of which are not associated with a body breaking down. I mean, there have been some hit-by-pitches. There have been some quirky injuries. I don't think Aaron Judge is injury-prone. I think he's a hell of an athlete, and we've seen him play center field. But again, you're going to argue against the analytics, which I know you, you're very well aware of. Uh, you are talking about somebody who's a lot younger. And look, I, we just threw this hypothetical out there. I don't think the Yankees are thinking in terms of, is this a Soto versus Judge thing? The Yankees are very active and interested in bringing Aaron Judge back. That's their guy. And they have other things that they can address at a trade deadline before they do someone like Juan Soto. Uh, but I, I think there's a size issue with Aaron that uh, – compares favorably for Juan Soto being that guy. And Soto's on a team that doesn't have the players around him right now that Aaron Judge does. It's weird. I don't want to argue against either because they're both fabulous players. Uh, But there were things, I think, that if you had Soto on the Yankees, while he may not be hitting the number of homers, there's a lot of other things that he does that Judge doesn't do that might balance the scales a little bit. And I think you brought up a great point, Carl, when you talked about the Freddie Freeman and the Matt Olson situation because a lot of people tell you, would Atlanta would have liked to keep Freddie Freeman? Yes, but Matt Olson has been phenomenal as well. You talk about extra base hits and, and doubles and what he's been to the Atlanta Braves this year and the success that they're having right now. But I want to ask you, what would it say for the Yankees and their brand if they end up letting Aaron Judge go? Uh, it's a it's a very good question. I I don't think that the the Yankees are as concerned about the perception that they have out there. I mean, the Yankees are as valuable a sports franchise as there is in the world, and certainly the maybe the most recognizable sports franchise in the world. And they're that way partly because of how they handled all of those superstars, going all the way back to Ruth and the other names we've already mentioned. And the way that they're playing the game now, the the biggest issue for the Yankees, I think, perception-wise, isn't what happens if Aaron Judge leaves. It's they haven't won a World Series since 2009. That's the biggest thing that the Yankees are concerned about. And if keeping Aaron Judge will, in their opinion, put them in the best position to end that streak, then they'll keep him. If they look at it differently and think the best way for us to win a World Series is to go to plan B, which is maybe not Aaron Judge, but getting, whether it's Soto or any other star, and another pitcher. There's just a lot more, to me, analytics information that drives the Yankees than it does what's the perception of the NY on the cap uh, in this country and globally. I, I don't think the perception changes dramatically so long as you win. If they were not to bring Aaron Judge back and they won a World Series in 2023, 
the perception is great. The Yankees made the right call. Baron Judge goes to San Francisco and ends up hitting 64 home runs in a year, and the Giants win a World Series, and the Yankees don't, then the perception's going to suck. They made a terrible decision. Carl Ravitch, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN MLB announcer, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Ravi, miss our, uh, our late-night college basketball race. I know, man. I do too, bro. I hear you, J. Will. I miss those two. It's been a while, man. I, I was thinking about you the other day, uh, a while back, when I heard Juan Soto turn down that 15-year, $440 million contract which, with, with the Nationals. And I, I know that the year of the deal was probably like the sticky point of it. But what kind of precedent do you think that sets for Juan Soto and where he will go forward? Well, I think it scared a hell, hell of a lot of teams away, and I don't, I don't think the years are the difference. I think it makes the point that Juan Soto and Scott Boris um, believe that the sports revenues are going in a direction in which there's a lot more money, mm-hmm. and it's, it's on one level fair to compare him to some of the enormous average annual value contracts, the Max Scherzers of the world, and the Matt Olsons of the world and, you know, Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg, whoever. But he will also make the point that this isn't about what's already been done. That's the floor. Now we have all these new revenues in this game and we're seeing them with different television contracts and who knows what uh, Apple and Amazon end up doing and streaming services, et cetera, that therefore you're taking somebody who's being mentioned with the greatest names in the world as far as baseball players go that's where we're going to start. So I think it scares a whole hell of a lot of people off. I'll be honest. I, I don't understand the Nationals' current thinking when you have two-plus years of Juan Soto left and we've turned down a 15-440 deal, that that's it. We now need to move him. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. You were willing to offer him that, which meant you were willing to build around him. And now because you said no to that, either you got scared and you realize there's no way we're ever going to bring him back or you really weren't serious about bringing him back in the first place. You've got two and a half years of Juan Soto, and we just decided that we're going to trade the greatest player or one of the greatest players potentially because he said no to that. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm uh, – uh, and I also would never give any player 15 years. I don't care if they were six years old. I'm that's not right. doing that. It's <laughs> 13 years, I think, but like, that's right. That's right. That's the length of the contract's nuts. I want to get back to talking to Carl Ravitch. ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, of course, here on Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Key Today on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, I want to get back to the comparison between Judge and Soto. I think fans are interested in it. And when I look at the Yankees and actually winning, yes, left-handed power has always been a big thing. That's Soto. But their greatest winningest eras have always occurred when their resources, Carl, as you know, as a baseball guy, were devoted up the middle. Like, Ruth and Garrett mm-hmm. were great. They won a lot. But not as much as Barrow won with first DiMaggio and then Mantle, the catcher and the center fielder. Um, right. You know, Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams and Posada. That's right. like those up the middle. And Judge now plays a very athletic right field. And he plays – he's the best probably center fielder on the team. And the team has Aaron Hicks. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I think about the like, winning games – Judge is actually the five-tool guy who I understand about the size and the age. It does make a difference. He might break down. But he has the game that's actually well-rounded in terms of his skills. He can be patient when he wants to. He's drawn a lot of walks in the past. 
He hits for power. He hits for average. He takes the ball the other way. He hit him. He, he hits him where they ain't. He can run. He's stolen nine bases. Hasn't been caught this year for his career. 33 steals against probably 10 or 12 caughts. He's actually the, the more well-rounded, five-tool, up-the-middle-Z type of player than Soto. And I, I, it seems like the Yankees aren't valuing that in the contract negotiation. No, I think they are. And I think the Yankees are intent and, and very driven to bring him back. I, you know, the, every time you have this conversation, you end up trying to poke holes in somebody who currently should be impervious to holes. There aren't any in Aaron Judge's game. That's on the field and off the field. Um, I've had one soon-to-be Hall of Fame manager ask, why in the world are the Yankees playing Aaron Judge at center field? That's risking injury for somebody you need in the lineup every single day as a bat, and he is obviously a terrific right fielder. The left-handed power thing versus the right-handed power thing at Yankee Stadium, when you talk about somebody like Aaron Judge, that's, that's a moot conversation. <laughs> we don't need to have that. Aaron Judge hits it to every field. Yeah. He can hit it to any ballpark. He was frustrated last year by Camden Yards. He absolutely destroyed Camden Yards in his latest trip in there. It doesn't matter. Like To say that we need a left-handed bat, and to use Aaron Judge as the reason will never walk. Is it even either that, or, Carl? Is it like if they trade for Soto, does that mean Judge is out of here, or is it possible the uh, Yankees could trade uh, for Soto uh, and keep Judge even with Stanton on the team? Well, if the other Steinbrenner were running it, it certainly would be possible. I mean, I, that, there's no question about it. We're stockpiling superstar players. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Look, Juan Soto is just unique in his uh, in his approach at the plate and. I would be a little leery if you were to make a deal for Juan Soto and he's walking a lot and you let Aaron Judge leave and you're missing the 37, 38 home runs, you know, heading into August. I, I think that would be a home runs are the game right now. So you, you want to have the guy that does that better than anybody. And having done the home run derby now for a long time, we went into this particular home run derby saying there are probably three home run hitters in the derby. Kyle Schwarber is a home run hitter. You mentioned Aaron Judge. Kyle Schwarber, that's what he does. There are certain guys who you pay to do, in a sense, one thing better than anybody. That's hit the ball over the wall. Pete Alonso is a home run hitter. He may run into a double. He may hit the ball hard. Giancarlo Stanton is a home run hitter. And Aaron Judge is a home run hitter. Juan Soto is not a quote-unquote, just home run hitter. He does a lot of things. But most good teams, and in this era, you need guys that can hit the ball over the wall. That's what we'll decide. Look at all the World Series that have been won recently. All of them have been won by the team that has hit more home runs. So you need the home run hitter, which goes back to the first point you made, Max, which is that's what Aaron Judge does. He's a pure home run hitter. Carl, i got to ask you this. The Yankees right now, especially in the American League, overall in baseball, they have the best record. But in the American League, the Astros are two games behind them. Should they be mm-hmm. worried about the Astros, especially since the Astros this season are 5-2 and two against them? And when you look at postseason, recent postseason success, the Astros have it and the Yankees do not. Well, if it were basketball and I were to ask Jay Will about somebody who was guarding him and he was the best player in college, would he be worried about that? No, because it's a one-on-one game. You know, you need to drive by a guy. You need to pull up and take a three. You know you can do that because one-on-one, you're better than anybody that's trying to guard you. You're the Yankees. You're a team. And certainly if you look at the Astros, you, you're, I don't know that worry is the right word. I don't think athletes worry too much. 
because of the pride they have and their own abilities, et cetera. But absolutely, they recognize and respect how good the Astros are. And the Astros are damn good. I mean, the Astros parade a starter out there every night that you know is going to be competitive. There's very few teams, the Padres and maybe the Braves are the only other two teams I think they can say that. Maybe the Mets will be able to say that if Jacob DeGrom ever comes back. But there's not a lot of teams um, come October that basically know every night we've got a really good chance because, A, the guy on the mound, and then obviously our ability to score runs and play defense. Yeah, the Astros are as well-rounded a team as there is in baseball. And, you know, they, they sort of play with a chip on their shoulder for a variety of reasons, most of which are, are self-induced, but... They play with a chip on their shoulder, and they're doing it without Brantley, who's you know as smooth a hitter as there is in Major League Baseball. So to answer your question, yes, they, they should be and are very aware of how good the Astros are. Similarly, the Mets are very aware of how good the Braves are. Braves are really good. Braves didn't have Acuna last year. They won a World Series. You know, he's back. They got Michael Harris running around center field way better than Adam Duvall was last year. So... Those two New York teams, as we get set for a Subway Series, are well aware that in spite of a 12-game lead in the American League East, that we're not thinking about the American League East anymore. How do we prepare ourselves for a run in October? In the Mets' case, we are concerned about the Atlanta Braves and what they're doing. We see the Philadelphia Phillies trying to make a push and, and get that final wild card. The, the last couple of months of the season, for various reasons, are going to be challenging for both the New York teams, let alone the two-game series they're about to play. Ravi, when you talk about the Braves, you make Harry dance literally here on stage. Carl Ravage, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball host, ESPN MLB announcer, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Wednesday Night Baseball continues tomorrow night as the Mets host the Yankees for Game 2 of the Subway Series. Coverage on ESPN begins at 7. Ravi, let's talk about the Subway Series. It begins tonight at City Field. Uh, I have been taken on as a new Mets fan. I've been to a lot of games. I uh, spent some time with Max Scherzer, you know, spoken to Jacob DeGrom and company. Obviously, Max, big-time Yankees fan. Tell me what the outlook is for tonight and how it starts. Well, we're not going to have uh, an atmosphere like this in baseball anywhere else. Um, we've never had them both be outright in first place anytime they've met. We've never had, I don't think, a Judge Alonzo comp uh, for both teams, given that they're both right now playing the same type of baseball at the same level individually. It would be fabulous if DeGrom and Scherzer could go up against, for this year, Cole and Cortez. You know, you know that's baseball, and it doesn't always work that way. Um, but the atmosphere, the attitude, the action, you go back to the Clemens Piazza stuff, there is no question, uh, and she, she could bring it down tonight to the television booths, you know, Kay and Cone, and then you got Gary and, and Ron and Keith. It, it, there's just a lot about these two teams that this year make you feel like they get a real good chance. And at one point, I thought it was the Astros standing in the way of a likely Subway series. The Atlanta Braves' recent play changes that. The Dodgers, obviously, are worthy of that conversation. But it's a great test for two former baseball tonight uh, analysts who are managing against each other. It, it, there is no better. When the two teams are this damn good, there's no better showdown in baseball than Yankees and Mets. And, and, and it would be impossible to figure out who's going to win. You'd always, as Max knows, you'd always go with the starting pitcher. You throw that stuff out the window. 
And I guess the only X factor I'd say in this series, if it's a close game, is Edwin Diaz has been the best closer in baseball, and the Yankees just lost Michael King, and there's some issues at the back end of their of their bullpen, I, I, which means you've got to watch inning seven, eight, and nine uh, real close if it's a two or three run ball game because nothing on the Yankees side today feels like it's nearly as locked down as it was no. two weeks ago. And the Mets seem to have the starting pitch up matchups, pitching yeah. match because yeah. especially because the Scherzer against against uh, Herman in the in the in the second game. But you know, I, could, we, I think we can all agree we can only hope the Yankees win, right, Jay? No, no, uh, we yes. disagree. I got it, <laughs> Carl. It's, it was so painful as a kid when they would lose a spring training game. You know, like a preseason game to the Mets, the Mayor's Cup. Let alone when it actually means something. When the Mets could knock them off their perch as the best record in baseball, I would hate that. So there's a lot emotionally riding on this for a Yankees oh. and Mets fans. That is Carl Ravitch, ladies and gentlemen. ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Carl, we did 20 minutes on baseball on national radio. Yeah, right. Uh, I know, and I, and I love it. talking baseball. You guys know baseball. I love talking baseball oh, with so you guys. Good. And the, the other part of that, Mets, Yankees, Steve Cohen, in a lot of ways, is George Steinbrenner. And by the way, we talked about the Yankees and Soto. Steve Cohen said in November of 2020 when he bought the team, I figure three years, three to five years, I want to win a World Series. Yeah. You want to win a World Series and you're Steve Cohen, you at least have to Talk to your front office about Juan Soto. Like I, I don't care how much it's going to cost once he's here, but we probably should get in these conversations. I got the money. I'm not worried about that. So I wouldn't just rule out the Mets Ravi, you know, categorically in a Juan Soto deal. That's Steve Cohen. Ravi, speaking on that, the money that they paid for Francisco Lindor, they probably overspent for that deal. But, I mean, obviously you spend for Juan Soto, but is Aaron Judge off the table too? No, right? That would be the ultimate coup, no, right? You take the ultimate, Judge no one, ultimate slap oh, in the face I don't think the you, I don't think you bring – do you ever bring to Steve Cohen a concept that he says that's off the table when it has to do with dollars, <laughs> I, I, especially with baseball? I mean, you Max, you, how do you think he grew up feeling about the Yankees the same way you did about the Mets? Yeah, I mean, that's the type yeah. of guy you want running that team. So I think anything is on the table. Especially when Hal doesn't run it as the way the buses run the, the Lakers or the way his father used to run the Yankees, like as a public trust that, that even though the business is important, your, your competitive nature can get the better of you and sometimes outbid where you should go. But in the mm-hmm. long run, it can help you succeed. I don't see that from Hal Steinbrenner. You touched on that earlier. I do see it from Steve Cohen. Interesting times in New York baseball. The great Carl Ravitch, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks right, a lot, Ravi. Ravi. Appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks very much for having me. Enjoyed it. All right, bud. Kyler Murray's new record contract requires independent study hours. What? Why didn't anyone ever offer me 200, whatever, 160 million to do independent study as a kid? I'd been a great student, Jay. (laughs) What does this say about Kyler and his work ethic? Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn Johnson on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray agrees to a five-year extension is worth $230.5 million. This is something that both sides have talked about and wanted to do throughout the entire offseason. He's a really special player. He has unique talents in terms of his ability as a runner, his ability as a passer with how developed he is this early in his career. The Cardinals are betting on Kyler Murray and betting big. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. As you heard in the Sports Center update, by the way, uh, Harry Douglas in for Key today. As you heard in the Sports Center update, Kyler Murray's new contract requires independent study hours. Kyler signed the, the deal. Uh, it's worth up to $230 million, about $105 million guaranteed at signing, $160 guaranteed for injury. What does this say? about Kyler and his work ethic. ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano earlier on this very program. My first reaction was, this is a terrible precedent to set for future contracts. And we've talked about how like quarterbacks you know, could insist on more guarantees than they do and help out you know, the, the larger body of players going forward, and they rarely do it. But this is another step. Like This is going to let teams put anything they want in a contract, right? Like, you're going to be able to say, well, the, the, this guy was the number one pick, and he agreed to this homework clause. Like, why shouldn't you? Why is it even in the contract, this clause? For most of these guys, you don't have to put a clause like this in. So what's it doing in there? And what does it say about the player and his relationship with the team? It's a fascinating thing. Uh, I saw somebody put it out there like, well, Murray already does this. Uh, so he, that's why he agreed. No, if he already does this, then you don't have to have put, to it, put, in put it in there. Thank you. Thank you. So Dan. like it's it's weird. And it says a lot about the situation. Look, just remember Super Bowl Sunday, Mortensen's report about how the Cardinals wanted him to work harder, show more leadership. So now they've legislated it in the contract. So it was wasn't nothing. And there's definitely a situation here where the team wants him to do things differently than he's done in terms of how he works and how he prepares for games. Harry, what do you think? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that you have to put stipulations like this in a contract that you're giving somebody $230.5 million, $160 million guaranteed. He's the quarterback on your team. He's the guy who's supposed to make the engine go and make everything thrive for your offense and your team, period, and you have to put stipulations like this in a contract. It's also a disrespect to the people that played the game before him, all the people that paved the way and didn't get paid the amount of money that he's able to get paid, that scratched and clawed, went through all those two-a-days so the game could be better for young players and so they can uh, get the money that they deserve and they want. 
it's a slap in those people's face as well. It's just shocking to me. I, I know the talent speaks for itself. I know as an athlete, we always look at things and say, well, you only get paid as the market dictates. And per annual, he's top three highest paid players in the NFL. But that stipulation about independent study, that is not who I want to lead my team. I, I, I don't want to build in parameters that force you to want to do something I want you to do for free. Look, I sound like an ex or a wife, right? Like, you know, you have that conversation with your wife. And she's like, but you didn't do it. And like, I, I can't read. She's like, but I, want, I, I don't want to have to tell you. To, I want you to want to do it. And that's how I feel like the Arizona Cardinals should be about the leader of their franchise. You shouldn't have to stipulate how you want your leader to work. Well, let me ask a question you about your- that, Jay. Do you think, I understand that philosophically. The same reason if you look at someone's mechanics in a given sport. If they're not classical, if they're not technically classically the way people like to do it, you want to change it because you realize there's a reason that the skill developed that way. And if they can't do that consistently, they'll probably be inconsistent. But every now and then there are exceptions, right? And they're just getting the result. Muhammad Ali carried his left hand way too low, right? And pulled straight back. You're not supposed to do that. Worked for him. Um, you know, you could, you could, Reggie Jackson screwed his body into the ground on every swing. He struck out, led the league in strikeouts, made the Hall of Fame, right? Like there are people who can... So in this case, I hear what you're saying on principle. What you know works is what you're saying, maturity and leadership. And what usually doesn't is a guy who you have to prod and and incentivize to be. But are you saying it can't work that way or you just think the odds are against it? I think it's a high probability it doesn't work. But it, it can it possibly, though? Are there examples? Like I can think of some examples where. Such as? Okay. Where I got to stop you really quick, yep. though, Max. No, 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 no. I know, I know, AC. I know how we feel, but I know. But I, I want to hear examples of people that you had to prod in order to reach the elite level to win you championships. That 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 were considered not really workers. Okay, there or or partiers who did like you know. David Wells is a baseball pitcher. He was a big partier. He came to Yankee okay, Stadium, one hung of, over one day, and, I, and pitched a perfect game. Okay, but right. And one. by the way, they won, was a big game pitcher, won the World Series. Like, not there are here and there types of personalities. But I hear that that's one, and there are a lot of pitchers on the baseball team. I, I understand. Yeah. All right, give, give me some more. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. That the probability is extremely low. I don't want people leading my organization. They, you right, to, he, Wells wasn't, wasn't, a, the, wasn't the leader know, of the team. Is right. When you're one of the smartest people, I know you have to really dig deep into the dark hole of your bag to find me an example on that. I, 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 Try I don't want to take that chance. Trying to think at quarterback. I don't want to take that chance. That's what I'm saying. A chance, like, if your quarterback is like this, the chances of you winning are going to be slim to none. Hence, that's why we've seen them probably go one and five in the last six games and three and nine the year before, three and six the year before, and not make the playoffs. You can't be like that. Listen, your talent only can take you as far as, it, as you allow it. Then it go it goes to the mental. It goes to your study habs, step habits. It goes to being consistent. It goes to it, there's this thing called being a pro, and that's why I I had a lot of guys I grew up with that were better than me, but the fact that they didn't have the study habits, they didn't have the discipline, they didn't have the balance, they didn't know how to be a pro, and they thought it was just about partying and women and that whole not. That's why they didn't make it. I'll give you I'll give you another example of a guy who could have worked harder at his best, but was the best of his day. Shaq, right? Like Kobe was asked, if Shaq had yeah. your, your work but, ethic, he'd be, he'd be the greatest Matt, player who ever lived. I don't think that's a 
great. Shaq was Shaq like might one be of the a good seven example. wonders of the world. Right, but wait, wait. Shaq might be a good example because of this. Degree, uh, pounds, yeah, pounds. but, but, but he, here's why it may be a good example. Because Kyler, on the surface, looks very different. He's tiny. Shaq was huge, right? Yeah, but, but both of them had certain... They were exceptional in certain ways physically that enabled them to get away with certain stuff. Yeah, but different physically because Shaq was overpowering physically. He was a dominant force. And Kyler Murray is on the smaller side, which he has a history of being injury-prone. He's shown you the past three years. So you have to adjust and compensate that lack of size. Jay, wait, two, two separate things. No doubt what you're saying is true. What I'm saying is right now we're focusing on the type of personality who could maybe lead to a championship, even if you have to prod them a little bit. And Shaq, it's not like he didn't work. It's that it's that there was that one season where he needed to get toe surgery. He delayed it, and Kobe was kind of put off by it. My point is Shaq had certain overwhelming physical characteristics that allowed him to not have Kobe's work ethic, right? Kyler, in a very different way, like we've had Mike Tannenbaum on this show say, you know, if if you remember how I say the, the death beam pointed at Earth and a series of athletic competitions, who what Earth representative would you have play the Martians, right, to save the Earth? I'd take him to LeBron James. Mike T brought up, you might take him to Kyler Murray. He's that level athlete. So, like, he does have certain, in other words, I hear what you're saying, and it would behoove him, of course, to, to study, but he is such an exceptional athlete. Maybe he's able to get away with it. No, no, he's not. Not, not to be successful, win, and win a championship. You can't. It's I. I, I, can't, I don't see it working. I can't think but of it. I, as football. I just don't. It's I don't, I don't see it working. It, it's the study habits. And look, I like the Cardinals. I, I, I was the one hyping up the Cardinals last year. Um, it's not just the work habit, but it's also the leadership stuff. There's. It, it goes deeper than just work habits, Max. And that's the point that really makes you concerned. That's why I, off the top, said I think this is an embarrassment for the Cardinals that this has leaked out because all these things that former players have been saying about your leader. And then there's a stipulation that only mandates four hours of study time. And then Dan even brought up another point that that was probably negotiated down. Okay, well, let's have another example, okay? Because I'm trying to think of quarterbacks. You guys are right. It's really tough at the quarterback position. Like, one of the reasons I wanted Johnny Manziel to be good is I just want to see a counterexample, right, of a guy who doesn't do it. But Mike Vick, at his best, admits now, that he was the, the last one in, first one out. The opposite of the way you're supposed to do it. And while they didn't win a Super Bowl, they did have a lot of success. They, won, they went to the playoffs, they won playoff games. If back then he would have been forced to be the first one in and the last one out, even though it wasn't coming from him, do you think that could have led to greater success? Could you have won a Super Bowl that way if you had to prod Vic? Because you had a lot of success and he, and he never did those things. <sighs> I just don't. I just don't see this happening with your leader, man. Like if you have to do that with the guy that's leading, I'm playing you, devil's advocate. I'm sure. Your chances of winning are gonna be slim, man. Like you can have a tiny bit of success, but when you get to the pro sports, there's another dude just as talented as you, exactly, and he's working. That's what I'm saying, yeah. like it's you get to that point where okay, what are you doing to separate yourself from the rest? Otherwise, you're just gonna stay in the pack. All right. Um, Jay is one step closer to officially being washed. We're going to get into that coming up. Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Key ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... 
Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. This is what happened to me. I was driving in this morning and Hon- I was getting here like around... Honking at people? Nah, I started <laughs> flashing people. You've, uh... You Whoa! Know, I, well, not like that. Do you get better hey, with you know, Jay? I can't flash and drive it... Well, I, I might be able Jay, I think that's illegal to flash. The hell, Jay? <laughs> flashing my lights. Let me be more specific oh. for you. You ever there do that as a kid in the back? Yeah. Your dad's driving go. the car and you'd flash hey, someone in the car girls. when you were a kid? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all nasty, man. Anyway, I pull up. It's around 4.45, and I, I, I'm pulling off the FDR. And I'm off the FDR, and I come to a stoplight. And literally right up next to me, there pulls, like, a car of, like, three girls. right near, They had to be coming from some kind of spot, oh, some yeah. kind of Monday night <laughs> spot, right? It's 4.40 in the morning, and they could tell they're dancing. I got my music. I got my windows up. Right? You're go- they're coming back from the spot you're going to I'm work. I'm going to work, right? <laughs> so my front windows are down slightly. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, I got the music bumping. I'll say I'm happily married, right? Third kid on the way. But let's see if I still got it, right? So they look at me, and then one of the girls points because windows down the back to the back. And I got, I got future on. I'm talking about, like, I'm in, I'm in that kind of space. Max. You jamming. Hey, I'm, I'm hard, you right? Jamming. Hard. I'm just reciting every lyric. And the girl points to the back, and I was like, oh, what's she pointing? And I turn around, I forgot. I got my daughter's purple car seat <laughs> in the back <laughs> and i'm like damn but then i was like but i'm still that dude i am him huh but i'm just him <laughs> look at me i can commit man i care about my children i commit to my family and my wife i can do it <laughs> See, i went from future to <laughs> washed 
You went from future to past. It was just such a moment. You ought to been, you ought to been blasting past in your. Uh, forget about blasting future. Blast past. He said, "I am him. I am that dad out here with, with the purple ass car seat." <laughs> he goes from future to key is Bob. <laughs> key is Bob. Right? See, I didn't know that the, that she pointed to the seat. She pointed toward. He me. left that detail out the at, first time he like, told me. It took me. Sometimes it just takes you a minute, right? You're like, what the hell she point at? Like, I'm like, a purple ass car seat. That ain't no mother. God damn it. it just, I never I understood. It. Honestly, I, I never understood the people who are so I, like, I can't get a minivan. Like, first of all, totally convenient. They got everything you need. They got everything you need for a family. Who do you think you look? You you're married with kids. That's who you are now. That's not a bad thing to be. It just felt like office space. Remember office space? The dudes listening to music and he puts up. Well, no, that was different. He was blasting. He was blasting like Scarface. And then and then and then wait a minute. Then a black dude. But no no no. The black dude is selling flowers. And he's so scared. He's selling flowers. He locks the he door. Locks the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, he's, he's selling flowers. Yeah. Way different, but still. A Max real is moment, weak right a now. Real no. Oh, because it was a classic view. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray agrees to a five-year extension is worth $230.5 million. This is something that both sides have talked about and wanted to do throughout the entire offseason. He's a really special player. He has unique talents in terms of his ability as a runner, his ability as a passer with how developed he is this early in his career. The Cardinals are betting on Kyler Murray and betting big. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas in for key today. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider is with us. Lou, first of all, good morning. Morning. How what what kind of a look is this for Kyler Murray to have his new contract with an incentive in it about he's got to study minimum in this case four hours of film a week on his in his own on his own time how bad a look is this? It's extremely bad, Max. I mean, I tried to think of you know all night long after I read after I saw this, I tried to think of ways to kind of defend. You know, the decision on the part of the Cardinals and on the part of, of Kyler Murray to accept this kind of addendum and agree to it and have it, you know, included in your contract and, and try to put a positive spin on it. But really, I can't because look, the number one way in which to get fired in the NFL as a, as a general manager, as a team builder, is to make a mistake in, some, in the assessment of someone's football personal character, meaning they're not a hard worker. They don't really care about the game. They're not a good teammate. They don't try and invest themselves into, you know, the process of being a pro. You know, and then, you know, as far as their personal character, they make bad decisions off the field, blah, blah, blah. You know, they you know, run afoul of the wall, all that kind of thing. Well, this speaks to Kyler's football character, and there's no other way around it. There just isn't. And this is, and this is still, given the fact that, look, this, this guy has been top 10, top 5 in many, many, many advanced metrics as far as quarterback play is concerned. Top 5. And, but they still felt, feel as though there's more in him because of the fact that they obviously do not trust the fact that he is putting in the necessary work to get himself ready to play the game at a level that they think is necessary to play the game at the very highest level. That's telling to me. That is something that, you know, talking to contract negotiators who have been looking at contracts and negotiating contracts for the past three decades, they've never, ever seen this kind of thing before, ever, ever. They've never seen this kind of indebtedness in a contract. And then secondly, look, if you're Kyler Murray, like, I don't care how much money you make. 
whatever profession it is, professional football, baseball, basketball, broadcasting, whatever it is. The last thing I would want, honestly, and I know people would say, well, if you're getting your money, what do you care? But the last thing I would want is for someone to question my work ethic, to question how much I'm invested in my profession. By the very definition of being a professional, it kind of comes with the responsibility of being someone who cares about what you're doing, who is putting in the work. And for Kyler to have this kind of thing come out about him, where there's already been plenty of talk about this before anyway, Okay, this isn't, this isn't some kind of like, you know, revelation that people have questioned Kyler's commitment to the game, Kyler's body language in the course of the game, Kyler's ability to be a leader, to be able to, you know, deliver in crunch time in the last quarter of the season when the team needed the book. These are all been questions that have dogged him since he came into the NFL. But for now, for it to be a public thing like this, to where now up on the screen on TV, you're seeing this addendum to your contract that you agreed to that, you don't even stu- that now they are they are making it a part of your contract that you have to study four hours a week outside of the facility, four hours a week. You should be able to knock that out in a day, maybe two days, but four hours a week, and they have to put it in writing, and they could actually go after your contract, and you could default on your contract if you don't do it. That's embarrassing, man. That's mm-hmm. embarrassing for him. That's embarrassing that the Cardinals now have to like now they're they're going to have to answer questions about that all the time. And when the season starts. If they wind up playing a bad game, anytime Collar misses a pass, anytime Collar is looking at one of his wide receivers and they seem like they're not on the same page, this stuff is going to come up, man. And it's your own fault. It's your own fault. And that, I don't know if you can tell, man, but that's disappointing to me because this is totally preventable and this is on you. And, and Lou, I will say this. I know why it's disappointing to you because you're a formal player. You're a f- former front office uh, person, but for former players and people who scratched and clawed to Mm -hmm. make this game easier for the next generation and for those guys to be able to get their money and for things like this to be in a contract and open up Pandora's box moving forward for other athletes is is, is disheartening, is sad. And on on the four hours thing, Lou, from the quarterback position, after you watched that game on Monday that you played on Sunday, that night right. you're watching film. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're watching film. Four hours mm-hmm. is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, Lou. Yeah, that, that, it's mind-boggling to me, Harry. It's mind-boggling. And but the I, thing is, the contract language stipulated that you can't be talking to someone else, watching TV, playing video games, so where the hell are they getting that information from? How do they know that that's the kind of thing he's doing? Like in, in order, you know, obviously they have some kind of information that says that these are the kind of things you're doing instead of paying attention to the tape that's on your iPad. Otherwise, why would they put it in there? That specifically. I mean, it's like, what the hell, Kyler? I mean, come on, man. And I've been a defender of him, a supporter of him, someone who thought he should be in the top ten of these quarterback rankings that are coming out every week. Because statistically, he deserves it. How much better could he be, man, if, he, if he'd only applied himself, obviously, in a way that the Cardinals don't think he is? That, that just blows my freaking mind, man. You know, blows Lou, my mind. Lou, so we, given we, that, Lou, would you, would you not have signed him? Well, here, the, here, here's, the, here's the catch. They had no choice. What's their next best alternative, right? That's what you're always asking yourself as a team builder. Well, what's my next best alternative if I'm going to draw a line in the sand here? They drafted him number one overall. 
they paired him up with the quarterback, I mean, rather, with the head coach, but they thought he was a perfect match for his system. That this was just a match made in heaven. Remember, they drafted uh, first-round quarterbacks in back-to-back years. So yeah. this was a very unique, a very targeted acquisition on their part. General managers, general managers do not like admitting that they made mistakes, man. They just don't. So you have right, well, in your power to try and make it right. Maybe the system requires no studying. Maybe that's why he was a perfect match. Maybe. This is a system that you can't study or you'll mess it up. The great Lewis Riddick, ladies and gentlemen. Jay, please stop talking for five seconds so we can talk I, to you. I didn't even get a chance to ask my guy. I'm sorry. I, jump, I jumped that's in fine. and asked Jay's question. I'll see your text. That is the great Lewis Riddick, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Lou. Yeah, man. All right. So, Jay, please give it a, stop monopolizing the microphone for five seconds. Okay. I asked Jay's question. He's very upset, Harry. Very no, upset. <laughs> he shot me a dirty look. I just tried to give you. He eye pounded contact. his hand. He eye contact like is important. He wants to fight. Leadership. Eye contact. What should Boston be willing to include in a deal for Kevin Durant? See if Jay anyone else talk. Coming up, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio.